Hi, welcome to another episode of The Geek Monty, a show where we strip the culture bare and talk about our favourite movies, TV shows, games, comic books. My name is Justin Arunchenko, and I'll be co-hosting with the awesome Dwayne Valentino. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. He said stripping it bare. That means right down until there's nothing left. <laughs> Later on, we'll take our picks of the week. Stay tuned and find out more. So, we got the second episode. Guess what? We're still all in this situation, this unreal situation. But... We are not stopping, and we're going to provide all of the good stuff for you guys. So, I'm going to let Jason kick it off with some news and announcements. Okay, cool. So, we've got a few things we want to talk about and discuss. We want to talk about the final season of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I'm very intrigued by. We're going to talk about the uh, Doctor Strange delay, HBO Max Justice League Dark series, which is uh-huh. very intriguing. And we're going to talk about the June images that came out recently. Ezra Miller and the um, reshooting of Mission, the next Mission Impossible films. Rock on, man. Rock on. Okay. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., buddy. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What can Go we say? It. It's the last, the last series in the actual show. So we're looking at series number seven. And it will follow in direct relation to six and follow where that left off. We're going to be joining the whole gang. Well, most of them, all of the original cast members. So Phil Coulson's back, but this time with a twist, he is no longer real. (laughs) He is a model decoy, a life model decoy. So the group have to attend and and get back to the Phil Coulson being there and not being there scenario, which is interesting. It's set in 19... Well, part of it, we don't know how much of it is going to be set there, but it's set in 1931 New York. Hence the uh, picture currently online of them being all decked out in kind of 1930s gear. I am looking forward to it. It's 13 parts. It's the finale. It's the finale. It's the finale. Wait, here we go. Wait for it. It's the finale. There we go. Finally got there. Finally got there. It's the finale, and it is going to be an awesome finale. What do you think? Do you know what? I watched this series from day one. I really enjoy it. The the character arcs, especially with like say Daisy and um, Phil. Like so, little little history. When Agents of Shield happened, Phil Coulson was killed by Loki in the Avengers film. That's he got, right. Like, stabbed in the back. So, like, hold on a second. How is this going to happen? What, what? And they've done an amazing job. They've incorporated some great characters. They're from the comics, some great actors. So we mentioned it in the last episode where uh, Winter Soldier affected everything from S.H.I.E.L.D. And they carried it on in the series. They've brought some amazing characters. And even, like, Ghost Rider. They brought Ghost Rider in. So I loved- I'm, I'm looking so looking forward. That's got to be one of my favorite series. I think that was number five. And oh, that Ghost Rider inclusion, I didn't think it would work, but it worked mm. so well. Kept that show really firing on all cylinders. Some of the guest stars in the, in the series, it's been phenomenal. And I'm sure we'll do a, a much deeper discussion on it, on this, but I didn't realize it was just 13 episodes, so which is a little bit shorter than it normally is. But I think they, they're going to round it off quite well. And um, another thing, that, which was really which I'm, it's a shame it didn't continue, was um, Agent Carter, which I really enjoyed. 
you know, which is kind of is, is in the same universe as uh, Shield Wars. But yeah, definitely intrigued by it. Definitely like the um, the decoy model is something that has been part of the Marvel comic universe for like I think from the sixties. So to them to incorporate that is just great. That's right. That's really right. Um, if you're talking about comic book canon then yeah it's definitely mm. something they've incorporated so to have it in in the show it's just an extension it's a great extension what i wanted to add though is the premiere for the show is going to be may the 27th of this year so may the 27th guys look at set your recorders should be on all the regular channels it's not being moved on to disney plus right now so uh if you're in the uk that's uh, e4 and in America, you have to look look up. Sorry, guys, but yeah, ABC. Sorry, there we go. They've released some posters. Cast members released some like behind the scenes pictures and stuff like that to get everyone excited, you know, but with the series. I think a lot of people are surprised it's lasted this long because a lot of people didn't think it'll be this bigger hit. No one expected it, and and I believe actually you can find online they were talking often about say from series five is a possibility that the show wouldn't continue and that just the fan reaction and, and the sort of constant uh, support for the show, people have just helped push it along. And that's what the fandom can do. It can either help the show continue or, mm-hmm. or so, in some cases it can bring back a show, you know, on the brink of, of life and death. Now, um, going on to Doctor Strange, Dwayne, you, you have a bit more information on that? Yeah. So as of right now, we know last week we mentioned that a certain awesome director would be possibly involved in it. And now we can confirm, or the news has now been confirmed, Mr. Sam Raimi is on to direct Doctor Strange 2 into the multiverse. Or ma- yes. multiverse of madness, I believe. Yes. The title should be rightly stated. <laughs> yeah, that's very exciting. That. I'm very intrigued to see how his vision matches with their vision is going to be quite intriguing you know there is going to be his quirky style filmmaking obviously it's the, the system the studio system and how they want to produce because they, they've got they've got like they've been planning this for decades now kevin feige has got an idea of what he wants all the phases everything that's gone back years so yeah, I'll be interested to see how much flexibility and that stuff. Dwayne, you were saying that um, it's, it's slightly delayed now. Yeah, so as of right now, initially it was meant to be released or, or looking to be released uh, November of next year, so 2021. But due to, I guess, directors being changed and the confirmation and development that goes along with new directors coming on board, it's now been moved to March the 25th. 2022 and it but it's still a part of phase four but the delay should hopefully make it that more better well yeah with regarding creativity and stuff what san Raimi can bring into dr strange which what we talked about the other week i thought it was really funny it, it really I, I know there's a lot of stuff my knowledge of marvel comes a lot from the cartoons growing up back in the day so i did read some but I hope nobody hates me for this, but I was more of a DC fan growing up than, than um, a Marvel fan. Yeah, but... you're going to get some hate for that, dude. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> At least one person. Uh, our ratings dropped. For people who are not familiar with the process of filmmaking, now, like Dwayne and I have 
extensive background and knowledge of filmmaking and development. So for those who don't really know, it takes a while for film to be made. It could be like a year's process of pre-production before it's actually being made. And sometimes a film could last two months, it could last six months, it could last a year. It all depends on the film. And then you've got the post-production. And usually a lot of the post-production, mainly sound, scoring, music, special effects. Special effects especially used to take us such a long time. Now it's much more quicker because they use smaller special effects companies to do certain scenes. And the bigger companies like Industrial Light Magic, Weta, they'll do all the big scenes. So there's a lot that goes into filmmaking. And, you know, if we can impart some knowledge to our listeners so they have an understanding of it, that's just great. You know, we just love to give people a bit more information. So with Doctor Strange, they're going to probably redo the script slightly and then change it around a bit. Exactly everything you said. All of that development, when a new director comes on board, especially someone like Sam Raimi, who they know they, he has a history of the films he's made and the style and approach he has, he's going to want to imbue some of his identity onto the film. And I'm sure Marvel and Kevin Feige, they will be more than happy to, to kind of allow, obviously to a certain point, because they still want to keep it within the realm of what the film and the tone and what they've created in, in the Marvel MCU universe thus far. But a lot of there's been a lot of talk of him bringing that the horror aesthetic to it, which I'm excited by. A lot of people are mentioning, if you remember moments of Spider-Man 2, he had that aesthetic in there. And that's in part why I think it's such a great Spider-Man. And last week I mentioned it being the best Spider-Man. I, I still stand by that, but Spider-Man and the multiverse is an amazing Spider-Man film. The two of them are jostling for number one position. But for me, I believe Spider-Man 2, directed by Sam Raimi, just pushes it out. For me, my opinion. That was great. I mean, yeah, I'm into Spider-Verse was uh, phenomenal. Though it did make my eyes hurt, to, to be honest. Yeah. Watching, I think I was watching in 3D. It's like, <laughs> if anyone is old enough to remember the original 3D glasses, which was red and blue. <laughs> so the animation behind was like red and blue. So you're watching 3D glasses yeah. and watching it, it really affects my, on my eyes a little bit. But it's just a fantastic film. So we're going to go into um, oh, Venom 2. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry to stop you. Sorry. Um, another interesting oh. point where it comes to the Doctor Strange development, uh, story-wise, story-wise, is apparently the film's going to include Scarlet Witch, who we last saw in Endgame, Avengers Endgame. But what that's going to do is also tie into her show, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. But um, yeah, Scarlet Witch is going to feature in, in Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I, sh I should have mentioned that. It, uh, it was not my notes regarding the next main subject title. But yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, t we'll cover it in, in, a, in a few moments' time. Yeah, moving on. We have the new released images from the Dune, I wouldn't even say set. Yeah, it, it's uh, actual film images that were just recently released. Dude, I am excited about this. Wow. We've got an amazing cast. We have an amazing director in Denis Villeneuve, what he last directed, uh, Blade Runner 2049, which mm -hmm. is one of my favorite films from 2017. Absolutely adored it. This film really is such an interesting thing. Oh, yeah. I read the original book 10, 15 years ago. It is... 
fascinating it's brilliant it's remarkable what they talk about in the book and i, I watched the original film and i recently watched it a few years ago that those are classics it's cult classics but what they're doing now what they've done the images are fantastic and Oscar Isaac's like beard is just incredible in the <laughs> pictures. Yep, that listen, that man has there's certain actors that just pull off great beards and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. That guy has an amazing beard. <laughs> I know the ladies will agree. We can appreciate from yeah. afar the man has a great beard, a great look. So yeah, in that well, show well, we'll, definitely <laughs> The lockdown as it is, I've grown my beard, so I'm just trying to compete with his. Yep, you can't yeah. see folks, but we, we're both growing our beards out, our sort of yeah. pepper beard. So, yeah, definitely a, a syndrome of the lockdown right now. Yeah, mine's more salt than pepper, to be honest. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, like, like, but like I said, there's great images. There's a re- I mean, Jason Momoa is in it. And I, I just say, I didn't even realise it, because it's funny when you talk about beards. In the shot, it looks like he's clean-shaven, which... Oh. I, I, I've seen him clean shaven. Yeah, yeah, he looks clean shaven. So one of the things that Jason Momoa has been around for years and he's done loads of stuff. If you see pictures of him younger, he's completely different to what he looks like now. It's like complete transformation. Yeah, he's he's just great shots. And even um, Zedella, who yes. you know as MJ from the Spider-Man, the Marvel Sony Spider-Man franchise, should I say, if that's the correct term. She looks great. I mean, the aesthetics of the pictures look very much like how you imagine when you read the books. That is exactly the feeling I get from it. It's it's as if the books have been translated into the visuals just perfectly right now. We, we would obviously have to wait to see the film, but the images that they've presented are just really amazing. By the way, the lead is a... a yeah. The young and talented Timothy Chalamet. We're going to see him being front and center of the whole saga. We're not going to give too much away about the story. Not until a little bit later down the line. But uh, yeah, I'm excited by the images. Definitely. It's going to be there for one of those films I want to watch on the big screen. Visually, especially where you're talking about the landscape and the worms, the sandworms, if I got the term correctly. Like even in the original film, visually it was fantastic. Dude, I have to I have to admit to you, the original film and those sandworms freaked me out. Like I remember them <laughs> being an, an enduring image in my young brain with those sandworms, right? Just like, oh my yeah. gosh, like, oh, it was like yeah. they jumped from tremors into or tremors. They jumped out of tremors into this film or vice versa and it was like oh these sandworms can we get rid of them please yeah it was oh but yeah i've it's gonna be incredible it's gonna be look at these images they're so beautifully shot <laughs> so we're gonna talk a little bit about israel miller yes we'll touch on that i think it's worthwhile Ooh. right just because of the tie-in that it has with dc well this is your fan footage of well, said footage, Ezra Miller pushing a fan. Now, I've seen a clip, so I can't... There's nothing before or after. So we only seen that clip, so we can't really say what exactly happened. We can only speculate. And it looks like Ezra pushed a fan to the ground. So it's, it's very much... Um, see, see how that develops, especially with projects with the Flash film that's been in what we call in the industry development hell. 
So development hell is where the film has been in development for such a long time. It's classed as development hell. So because you either get new producers, new directors, and the Flash film had some great directors coming forward, coming in. So there's been a lot of stuff. So finally things are happening moving forward, but this could derail it. And if it if it was Ezra being a jerk, to say the least, then yes, of course, then, you know, obviously no one should be able to do that to anyone. All we know is that, you know, let's we'll keep our air to the ground where that's concerned. But at the moment, it's not confirmed whether Warner Brothers will be not using him, you know. Because he has a very big part. I haven't seen, but he's got a very big role in the Harry Potter spin-off. He plays a major character in that series. Very unfortunate for for the fans as well as kind of for him. It lets you down personally when you're involved in a situation like that. So we'll see. Definitely. So next one we want to talk about is the Mission Impossible delay. Okay, so I've got some information about that. Um, it was just announced. Seven and eight were going to be filmed in some respects, definitely close enough together. As of now, we have seven originally scheduled for the 23rd of July, 21. Now it's been moved to November 21. So sometime in November, that is expected to be released. Number eight, that was scheduled for August the 2022. Now it's been shifted to November. So both of those dates have been shifted to their November um, years. November months. That's that's quite interesting actually how they move forward i was going to say that's probably enough time because most likely they would want tom cruise to say do you know what let's do a sequence where i ride a space shuttle it's enough <laughs> time for me to learn how to do a space shuttle you know right that's like like like, like astronauts take years of training no nah, i'm tom cruise i can do it in a few months you know get <laughs> right? the film like, crew out there he's that's uh the next he's flown planes been on trains and automobiles uh, and bikes <laughs> so the next step logically is pull him in a in a space shuttle space <laughs> then he's gonna fly yeah. to space right it's gonna be something to do with space and he's gonna actually fly a NASA spaceship. The fact is, like, going off slightly <laughs> to another film franchise he, he's well known for film, should I say, Top Gun, where he, the trailer looks amazing, where he's flying a, a plane, you know, you know, it's him. Jet like, Fire, yeah. Jet Fire, yeah, Jet Fire. Uh, joking aside, I got all full respect for his determination and his dedication to filmmaking. The guy can do can do more than run in film. Literally everything. So. <laughs> Running's a part of it, but we're also going to see him doing some amazing stunt at some point as well, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, it stopped him at one point with the Ghost Ghost Protocol or the Ghost Protocol Fallen Nation. Yeah, Ghost Note, where he's jumping in London and he just jumps and he just misses and he hits his yeah you're absolutely right he did injure himself quite badly and he got up carried on the scene once once he realized the injury he still finished the little moment and it's it's there for you to see in the film commitment my man commitment Mm. that's what we like here that's what we definitely i love seeing london on the big screen and this, this one shot where he's just running along on top of the bridge and it's just like that's just a beautiful shot London's a beautiful silly. Anytime they can show the different aspects, we all know they, they tend to show the most common parts, but like anytime they can show different areas or different parts of London, it's an amazing thing. And I think it looks great on film. Yeah, the Mission Possible series is one of my favorite film franchises. 
I know there was possibility that he was going to retire, and I think the next two films will be the end of Ethan Hunt's character arc. We'll see if they'll continue with another younger cast member. I would say, like, put put Tom Cruise as as the guy that originally would be like Anthony Hopkins or the, the sort of like the guy that sends the people to the mission. Dude, I never thought of that. That would be awesome because you can kind of see it being like passing the mantle. But mark our words, guys, he's going to go into space and he's going to fly the space shuttle. <laughs> just so we're just splitting yeah. it out there right now. That's what will happen. So just, just like, like previous directors of, of this franchise, Brian De Palma and then John Woo, Jay Abraham. JJ, you know, yep. And Brad Bird. Yeah. Brad Bird, people might not know, he's done a lot of the the Pixar films. This was like his first live action feature film, if I recall. It was, yeah. And the, and the last previous films was it been uh, Christopher McQuarrie. Christopher McQuarrie has had a, a role in the series, I believe, since number four. He has been mm-hmm. writing or co-writing the series of films with Tom. And number five, that's when he stepped up to direct. And it was also worked with Tom Cruise in the Valkyrie. It was about an assassination plot of Adolf Hitler based on a true story. That was, it was one of the Tom Cruise films that I don't think did that great, but did receive some awards. Their partnership has also seen them on Jack Reacher, the adaptation of the novels into the films. Chris, I believe he wrote and directed the first film of that series of films. Like I said, I'm excited to see, because even like Simon Pegg, you got Simon Pegg, he was just a small role in one of the films, and then they just blew him up and made him like one of the major characters. Bing Rames, I'm so glad to see him back. I think he was everyone's reoccurring character favourite, and then Simon Pegg's come along and, and almost, almost took the role, you know, from him. But like, great seeing him back. Yeah, there's, they always have some great reoccurring characters, and you know, when you see a stunt, and it's Tom Cruise, it's him doing it. That's Tom. You know. And he just, like, no one will... I don't think any insurance company will insure him because of that. Especially when he goes out of space, my man. Especially when he goes out of space. <laughs> I just have these crazy images in my head now. Oh, my word. I've seen Simon Pegg like, yes, I was in Star Trek, but we were in green screen when we were doing it. I'm not actually wanting to go on a spaceship right now. It was in a studio. We had craft services. We're not going to have that in the space show, you know. Uh... But yeah, it just. But also one of the things that was really quite interesting, going back to one of the directors, J.J. Abrams, he's now made a deal with Warner Brothers and he's going to do a series for HBO Max. A three show deal, yeah. What that really intrigues me is Justice League Dark. Ah, yes. Now, Justice League Dark, just let you know, like, that might sound familiar. Yes, it is a DC property. So basically, DC has its world of magic, and it has very prominent figures, comic book characters, and such as John Constantine. Now, John Constantine, you might know as from the Keanu Reeves film back in the day, and he is in the Legends of Tomorrow series as well. Fantastic character. You've got Madden uh, Zadu. You've got Dead Man. Well, Dead Man is a really interesting character where he's a former trapeze artist that is part of the Hades circus troupe. Now, Hades circus troupe was the same circus troupe that Dick Grayson, who later became Robin, was the first Robin his family was involved in. And his character got killed, but he's a ghost-like figure who can possess people. Also, there's also Santana, who is a very powerful sorcerer magician. This is like the Justice League all magical elements. 
there's a supernatural kind yeah. of world of DC, right? Very, very much so. I'm I'm just very excited by this because there was um, quite interesting to see who they have in because John Constantine is in uh, the Arrowverse and he's played by Matt Ryan who is spot on to the character. Really, really good. It's like you look at the comic book and you look at him and it's just really, really good. So I'll be interested to see if they cross over and bring him in or they'll have somebody else playing it because right now D still has its own little what, big multiverse canvas. Yeah, I heard uh, fans chomping at the bits to have him play uh, John Consultine. Very much so. So I'll definitely be intrigued because a few years ago there was a potential film and I, I was really, really excited. This was like in 2012 where, my apologies if I get this wrong, Guillermo del Toro? Oh no, I've got it. Guillermo, yeah. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. He was in development to a film which I would love to see because that director is visually one of the best directors. If anyone gets a chance, see Pan's Labyrinth, which is beautiful. And he also did Pacific Rim, so you got... <laughs> You got two. two you got two ends of the spectrum. You got Panzer, but yeah. in the middle, I will add. He also done Blade Two as well as Hellboy, which for me, well, you know what? We're not going to even address the other Hellboy, but let's just say this <laughs> Hellboy. <laughs> we're just not. All right, let's just not. This Hellboy with Ron Perlman, lovely, lovely. His aesthetic yeah. would be amazing. <laughs> no, I, I'd agree. And anyone who's interested with Justin Lee Dot, there's some animated series films as well. They're, they're very good. They're very, like, we talked about it the previous week. Like, DC animated films is very much on par with very high quality filmmaking and storytelling there. So that's the, that's the roundup for news and announcements. Woo! Yeah, buddy. Yeah. We're going to go to the main course, and we're talking about the Disney Plus is a new streaming service, and they've got so much stuff, so much context, that is extraordinary what they're going to do. There's, there's a lot of original uh, films they're making, they bring back some classic that people can watch, fascinating to watch, some of those documentaries. But we're going to focus on IPs that they I mean, own. it's two right now, IPs, but, uh, you know, if Disney has its way, it's probably going to be a lot more. Yeah, anyway, yeah. don't let me stop you. It, it's going to be like Blade Runner. So if anyone knows Blade Runner, it's, it's corporations that run the world. That's <laughs> that's the whole conspiracy theory, which I'm going to go into right now. Nope, nope. So we're going to talk about the Star Wars IP. As, as Disney bought Star Wars a few years ago, they have... A wealth of source material that they can use, especially from the Legends, what they call now the Legends books, Legend series. So one of the things they're doing is a spin-off prequel to Rogue One. Now Rogue One was a prequel to A New Hope, and it's a band of rebels who try to get the plans of the Death Star. And it is, to me, one of my favourite new Star Wars films. And if anyone knows me, throughout the course of this um, podcast, you will eventually find out I'm a slight small fan of Star Wars. So... Very small fan. So... I mean, um, you know... Very small fan. <laughs> you know, me nothing. <laughs> um, but I, I love Star Wars. That was, was one of the things that made me fall in love with cinema. So we got Cassian Andor TC. Now, Cassian Andor was the male lead in Rogue One. And he was one of the um, operatives, like the spies, for the Rebel Alliance. So it's set five years before Rogue One, which is within a fraction of A New Hope. So A New Hope is where you first meet Luke Skywalker, see Death Star, Princess Leia, Han Solo. So this Rogue One and it's set five years prior. So you'll see a bit more about how the Rebel Alliance is formed. And that's going to be intermixed with 
certain TV animated series such as Star Wars Rebels, which kind of fits in the same timelines and everything else as well. Because Star Wars, everything kind of fits together, so everything is connected. What happens in one storyline generally affects another storyline. But what we're going to have, we're going to have the same actor, Diego Luna, plays in his role as Cassian Andor, and we're going to get Alan Tucket as the Android K2SO, which was like the really sarcastic android in Rogue One. Also reprised in a row is Guinevere O'Reilly, who's going to play more Mothma. I, I really love the fact that they brought this actress in because in the prequel series, uh, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, there's a deleted scene, and one of the scenes is Guinevere O'Reilly playing Mon Mothma. Now, Mon Mothma was the head of the Rebel Alliance. That scene was uh, it was a deleted scene, so then they're using it, but they still managed to get the same actress to be in Rogue, and she looked she hadn't changed. So it's brilliant bringing her back into it. So another part of the cast members is Denise Goff, who is known as the voiceover actress for the Witcher game series. You've got Stellan Starsgard. Oh, Stellan Starsgard will be known for many things, such as Eric Selvin. So, so good. So, so good. And he's known for Steven, Eric Steven from Thor, from Marvel Universe. And he's going to be in the new June film. And he, and he was in Good Will Hunting. And we've got Carl uh, Solder, who is known in, from Pollock and the Brexit TV movie. Yeah, it's like a, a great cast. And, and to me, just as a, a potential fan, it, it definitely sounds in keeping with the Mandalorian type of, of grounded, slightly rustic kind of series of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I think that what they'll do is like, because in the film, Cassin says, I've done things that I'm not proud of. And in, in the film, in the film, the first scenes with him, and he has to do something that was quite shocking, which I don't want to reveal too much, but it's oh, no. quite shocking, you know. And it was like, oh, wow. And you realise how dark this film because it is a darker Star Wars film than most of the other ones are. But there's a connection to Rogue One is still there. So Tony Gilroy will be co-writing and directing, because he directed many of the reshoots for Rogue One. So as we've spoken before, sometimes with development films, sometimes you'll do a reshoot or because something's not right, so they'll reschedule it. So they'll do more change scenes, they'll add scenes into it, so everything fits well. So that's sometimes happening in the film industry. So he was part of the re, um, reshoots. One of the other people that going to be, he was replacing, is called Stephen Schnipp, and he's still going to be as a writer, but he's not going to be the showrunner. That'll be Tony Guerin. That is all awesome news. I've got a couple more things about regarding Star Wars world. So you've got the Obi-Wan TV series. Now that's going to be set so in the time period of just before A New Hope, they from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. So you'll see how Obi-Wan does in that time period. And he's going to have Ewan McGregor in. So everyone is so excited to have Ewan McGregor back in the Star Wars fold. So it's, it's just we're looking so forward to it. We'll see how what they'll develop and what they what they change it. Also, there's a third series, another series that's been talked about, and that is going to be uh, co-created by Leslie Headland, and she was one of the co-creators of the TV series, Netflix series, I think called Russian Doll, and it's going to be a female-centric character taking a different timeline. I just want to pause you right there. Just a quick mm-hmm. recommendation, guys, and this is something I would have gone into a little more detail, and I probably will. Russian Doll, watch it. Just watch it. It's eight episodes. It's an amazing thing, and you will not be disappointed. Anyone involved in that show helping on this show, all I can say is bonus and amazing. Thank you. I'll definitely put that on my to-watch list. 
So yeah, that's that's pretty much what's happening with the, the Star Wars side. Now, with the Marvel Disney Plus series, it's got about seven different shows that's currently in development or in work. And so we've got the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we've got One Division, we've got Loki, we've got Hawkeye, we've got Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and What If. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of contents for people, Marvel fans to watch on Disney+. Plus. So the main, apart from What If, everything else is interconnected with the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's all interconnected. So if you watch that, they'll make references to the films. And one of the top ones is The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Both Joy and I are very much looking forward. To oh man, and, definitely. Uh, Anthony Mackie and um, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan will prize their roles as the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, we will have Daniel Bahu who was play Zemo in the Winter Soldier and Emily Van Camp who will prize her role as Sharon Carter that was Peggy Carter's grandniece if I recall I am so pumped I am so pumped will... for that show just so you know that show is going to... Um, if you look online, you can see a snippet of the actual... What they filmed thus far, and it looks great. Definitely going to be watching that somewhere. Well, I, uh, yeah. I'm, through I'm someone's just... Disney Plus subscription <laughs> from from someone I know. Yeah. Really, very subtle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so what, what's going to happen with the, the Falcon and the Wind Soldier? It's going to be set just after Endgame. Now we're going to talk about a little bit of the spoilers of, of the film and the, the landscape of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, Steve Rogers basically retires as Captain America. And... No. Yeah, I know, but... I'm going to say this. Chris Evans as Captain America. Everyone talks about Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Chris Evans is on par with his performance and his involvement as Steve Rogers. Brilliant. Truly, uh, truly, truly one of the moments of a union between actor and character and everything what you expect from both to, to somehow inform the other is, is amazing. Brilliant. And I, I, to be honest, when, when I first heard it, I was like, he played Torch in, in the Fantastic Four film. <laughs> like, really? I can't, I can't see that. I can't. Uh, and, then, and then I watched it, I uh, watched Captain America. And I was then like, he became our cap. Yeah. Captain America is actually one of my favourite of the lead-up films to the first Avenger film. So, yeah. but no. Um, so basically, it's going to be set just after Endgame. It's going to have the same feel as the Winter Soldier film, but um, it's going to show the repercussions as why Bucky Bucky didn't want to be Captain America. He knew what Cap was going to do at the end of Endgame and what's going to happen. And he gave his full approval for um, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, to become the next Cap. Sebastian Stan said in a recent interview, Bucky just want to move on from everything that's happened to him and start fresh. And Steve Rogers knew that and didn't want to burden him with the mantle. So he just gave Bucky a fresh start. With all the trauma that Bucky has to deal with, because of everything that's happened to him, brainwashing and everything else in cryogenic sleep and then reactivated for the assassinations he's done and then go back into it and everything that's gone through loosening his arm everything else he just wanted a kind of fresh start and just kind of live in the 21st century anthony mackie said as as an african-american to have that mantle to be the next captain america was really inspiring and he hopes him being the cap will inspire other african-americans when he plays a role especially young african-americans and say well i can be a captain america so we are both looking forward to this. 
just another one of the other series, One Division. Now this is going to be quirky. This this is going to be really really interesting. Elizabeth Olsen uh, reprises her role as uh, Scarlet Witch and Paul Bettany as Vision. And also in cast includes Kat Denny, who comes back as Dory from Thor. Who I love Kat Denny. She's so funny. She's so great. And Randall Park as Jimmy Wall. This is going to be kind of weird. It's going to be set in the 1950s. As, and we'll um, have a um, Captain Marvel character in it. So we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that Scarlet Witch has a massive power. She's one of the most powerful Marvel characters out there. As Dwayne mentioned earlier, there's going to be a tie-in with Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. One of the um, interesting aspects they're going to introduce is another character from the Marvel world, and it's from Captain Marvel, and that is going to be um, Monica Reshambin. Uh, I hope I pronounced the character's name right. Played by Tonot Paris. If anyone has seen Captain Marvel, it's the young girl. It's her best friend's daughter. So uh, we don't know how that's going to work out because it's going to be kind of like a 1950s sitcom style American sitcom style so we're not entirely sure but we do know that character is going to be part of S.W.O.R.D. now you got S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.W.O.R.D. means the Sentinel World Observation and Response Department that's that's a mouthful and um, (laughs) what did S.H.I.E.L.D. mean again? you might be better than this I mean, you could... I think, um, I'm trying to remember what S.H.I.E.L.D. meant now. (laughs) Thanks, Dwayne. Thank you. And all our listeners are like, what's going on here? (laughs) I'm I'm really at a loss, honestly. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Just just to put you out of your misery. Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. If that isn't a mouthful, I don't know what is. But anyway, as you were, sir, as you were. <laughs> God, you're such a nerd. <laughs> and basically, um, Sword, Sword was actually is, is a recent, well, it's, it's about 20 years old, just under 20 years old um, organization in the comics. And it was actually created by Joss Whedon for when he did his X-Men comics. So I'm, I'll be quite curious to see how this goes and quirkiness and how it in, interconnects with everything else. What else is um, in the series of Disney Plus series is we've got Loki. Tom Hilson still replies as Loki. Uh, he's one of my favourite Marvel villains. Absolutely fantastic. Information gathered is going to be kind of set in an alternate universe, how he affects history. Because as, as happens with Endgame, his um, spoiler. So basically, in Endgame, there's a segment where they go back to the first Avengers film where there's a battle in New York and Loki's taken away. There's a Tesseract and he managed to grab the Tesseract and he vanishes. So he's going to see what happens and what happens there. You know, So that'll be quite interesting and how he apparently changes history. So I'm, I'm you know, it's, it's Tom Hilson and, you know, it'll be fun to see what they do. The other series will be Hawkeye. Uh, Jeremy Renner is still uh, playing Hawkeye and Haley Samfield will play Kate Bishop. That'll be his daughter. And then we've got Miss Marvel, which will be a... Let's, let's hope let's hope he's off his uh, tour for his new album in time to, to commence filming for that. What was that? He's got an album. He's got... That's Jeremy... right. That's really? right, guys. Just in case if you didn't realise, guys, Jeremy Renner also has a singing career. 
And I'm not going to lie, his voice and his songs are actually quite good. They are. Go check it out. I mean, if you're ever so inclined. I, I did not know that. Thank you, Dwayne. <laughs> Thank you for informing me of that. I was like, I saw uh, there's there's a skit. He's I saw... a rock star, man. Woo! He's a rock star. Okay. He's, he's a very short rock star, but yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay. who, who am I to talk about the size and height? Jeez. Um, so... Basically, yes. So that's quite. That'll be quite interesting to see how that goes. But um, there's also Miss um, Marvel, which is a New New Jersey Kamal Khan who finds that she has polymorphous powers. She's inspired by Captain Marvel, so she's inspired that, and it's like a almost like a um, passing the torch in some senses. So that's another character. It'll be very interesting to see how it goes. Also, She Hulk which I'm really excited about because I remember her in the cartoons back in the day. And that's Jennifer uh, Walker, who is the cousin of Bruce Banner. And she ends up having Hulk-like powers as well. And she plays a lawyer. It's going to be a procedural type of show. So that's what they're going to do in in the Marvel Universe. Also, Moon Knight, which is a former CIA agent whose life is saved by um, the, the moon god Kalahasha. Is if I pronounce it right. So I'll be intrigued to see how that goes. And, and it's a very dark character. So it's a kind of similar. He's in. He's always hangs out with um, Daredevil. So this is like he's part of that New York sort of superhero group. If you, you know Daredevil, Daredevil's quite dark character. So it's going to be that sort of same vein. So I'm not sure it's going to be the same as the darkness that was shown in the Netflix Marvel Universe. Or is it going to be a lighter tone because it's Disney Plus? So that's that's a roundup of all the Disney Plus, Marvel, and Star Wars shows to date. So far, they've got a lot of things to keep busy with, and uh, a lot of people and a lot of actors that we know from movie worlds as well as uh, TV worlds will be involved. So I'm looking forward to everything oh. on on someone someone's subscribed Disney Plus. Someone. <laughs> That uh, I'm friends with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, to be out there, I, I need a lot of people will be shocked. As somebody who says I'm a Star Wars, I still haven't seen Mandalorian yet, so I'm, I'm looking for. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm definitely that's that's on the list to see because I'll, I'll be very intrigued. Shame on you. Time. Shame on you. Okay, I feel like suddenly I'm in Game of Thrones now. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. There's so much to, to talk about. There's so much there, Marvel fans and Star Wars fans. And there's a lot of people that are excited to see their favorite characters on the small screen or just live action version. So it's going to be intriguing. And like Kevin Feige is still overseeing all these properties. So just like Kevin Feige is the overseer. He's like the, the guy who kind of created this whole Marvel cinematic universe so he's really his background is he did a lot of um executive producing of a lot of other marvel films prior to doing the disney ones so he's got a lot of history there he knows marvel very well so it'll be interesting to see how he says yep let's do this let's do that let's do this like like sauron's eye basically in lord of the rings he's overseeing everything and he sees it all right no one could hide from him <laughs> 
That's an interesting metaphor. Maybe, maybe not the best. Maybe not the best, yeah. but yeah. maybe yeah. maybe in some ways it is. Well, uh, yeah. It's like all things, Dwayne. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. <laughs> so no, that's cool. So um, a couple of things to end off this this podcast. You want to talk about the online film festival? Yeah. So this is at the point where we we got to find ways in which to either entertain or educate ourselves and move forward in a positive way. One of those things that have come to light is a partnership with the bigger film festivals, the Venice Film Festival, Tribeca, the Tribeca, uh, Rain Dance, uh, I believe uh, Cannes. Cans, yeah. Cans. They are partnering with YouTube in order to uh, show us access to all of their filmed submissions. So I don't know how much. I can't say all of it, but I will say a good amount of films will will be available to us through YouTube. It's meant to be happening on May the 29th to June the 7th. The only film festival, or one of the main film festivals that won't be included, is. South by Southwest, which they have their own partnership deal. Films that would naturally be seen in the festivals will be on- online and available for, what, seven, almost a week. Yeah, so, ten, it's, it's, it's going to be a 10-day event. And there we go. it's, it's going to be um, Toronto Film Festival as well, a variety of other smaller film festivals. Massive collaboration. And one of the reasons why they're doing it is to raise money for uh, coronavirus crisis charities. So this is a remarkable event and achievement in in the film industry where film festivals usually are individual entities and now they're all joining up for this remarkable course. And for film fans, usually with film festivals, you'll see some films that are not the mainstream. We're talking about the studio films where the big blockbusters and such film festivals, you'll you'll probably get more independent films. The independent films, the ones where the reach will be shortened, mainly due to the fact that they haven't got big studio backing, right? They haven't got the kind of budget for marketing that the bigger studio films tend to have. So a lot of these smaller, really well-crafted independent films will be seen and and is a place for those films to be seen. And a lot of the filmmakers actually start their careers with these um, film festivals and getting their debut films out and and things like that. Very much so. Like all the the Spielbergs, the George Lucas's, Tarantino's, all of them, like Cannes, Yep, couldn't agree with you more. So look out for that, guys. It, it starts from May the 29th, and YouTube is heavily involved. So look out for that. Now, something that will give you a, a big smile, especially for people of a certain generation. Uh, recently, uh, Josh Glad did a reunion via the internet, and it was the Goonies. Goonies. Ah, yeah! Yeah! yeah. Here Ooh. you go! You, you gotta do it. You you just gotta do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. You you gotta do the trifle shuffle. Go on, do it. Do it. Do it, Chunk. <laughs> and you know what? He, he got everyone in. He got the all the Goonies. He had the villains. He had producers, Steven Spielberg, Richard Donner, who directed it, who also directed Superman and all those great films. And it was a joy to watch, a real joy, a pleasure to see all of them. If you get a chance, watch it. About half an hour long, 
They even do um, scenes together via Zoom and everything else. So it, it... I'm going to have to correct you there. Oh. It's not whether you get the chance and it's not whether you should watch it. It is you should watch it <laughs> and you should give yourself the chance. If you are a Goonie, then you better watch this, all right? Because <laughs> Goonies never die. So seek it out. Josh Grad, a YouTube special, a Zoom special, where all of those members are involved yeah. chatting about the making of this film. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on our Twitter account, we did put a link. So if you go on our Twitter account, the Geek Monty, you'll see that we've added a link to that. So it's, it's just great. And even um, Spielberg did say, they talk us about the sequels. They said they just couldn't find anything that would fit the mold. So, which, you know, I correct Steven Spielberg, but I feel they could have, they could have easily made, they could have done one with their kids now, and it's their kids trying to find something else. I understand it to an extent, mm. um, but I think we all just fell in love with that feeling that the Goonies brought, and Richard Donner, directed it beautifully and you know we just we just want a touch of that that nostalgia that's that's what yeah. it is yeah a, a touch of that adventure in our lives back again well uh if they do decide to if not it's fine it's a perfect standalone movie if they do yeah. great i'm on board yeah i mean like goonies is is a classic or adventure it's got romance it's got danger it's got pirates uh if any of the younger listeners haven't seen it, as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, go on Netflix, go on, um, I'm sure it's on the streaming service, watch it. It is fun. It's, it's of its period. Yes, full stop. So we've come to that time of the episode where we've wrapped up number two. Again, I'm going to have to state that the audio will get better. We'll make him do with what we can and... We're going to keep this show going regardless. And the audio will eventually get better. So just bear with us for the time being. As always, um, I'm completely 100% grateful and honoured that Dwayne's helped me with this project. And always, hard work, and always hard work behind the scenes, especially with the audio and editing and everything else. It's, nah, it's, nah, it's, nah, it's, don't worry about all that. Just send me another check in the post. I'm, I'm fine with it. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Just keep the money coming. <laughs> okay, I will. I definitely will. If you insist. If you insist. So, like oh, I said, but I do. I really do insist. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Thank you, guys, for listening to our second episode. Well, episode woo-hoo! two. Who would have thought? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I hope our enthusiasm and laughter and joy come across through the sound waves and give you a smile give you something to laugh about something to think about and just informative and as always thank you to my co-host Dwayne thank you thank you kindly guys thank you kindly it's been a real pleasure what we we do have a uh, Twitter account so check out the geek Monty on Twitter so that's the geek underscore Monty and uh, we are also on SoundCloud so just uh, check out the geek Monty there and let us know what you think give us feedback and just uh, you know check out our Twitter account interact we'll always interact back we'll always like spawn back and just 
you know we want to learn from you guys how to grow this this enterprise uh, no pun day intended and yeah just have a great time and <laughs> enjoy and have a geek-tastic day so once again thank you so much for listening always be hopeful and there's some great stuff ahead of us to enjoy and watch and listen and see stay geek monty <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!